Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Are you ready for the Word? Yeah, come on now. This is why we came, right? All right, open up your Bibles if you would. We're going to be going to Genesis chapter 4 this morning. And this morning's message uh, is entitled, Count Your Blessings. Count Your Blessings. Uh, by the time we get to Genesis chapter 4, we have seen the creation of, you know, uh, the seven days of creation. Then we have seen Adam formed of the dust of the ground, breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, became a living soul. We've seen God, you know, take a rib from Adam, and there he fashioned a woman, and he brought her to Adam. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, for this reason a man shall leave his mother and father, be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. We have also seen the... Word of God come to Adam and Eve and say that you may eat of every tree of the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden. For in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. And we saw in chapter 3 how that this serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And, and he said to the woman, you know, has God said you may not eat of every tree of the garden? And, 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 and she repeated what, what the Lord had said. And, and then we see that he left her. Although he never asked her to eat, he left her with this subtle, uh, you know, uh, deceptive... Uh, spirit and there she made a horrible mistake a good woman a wonderful woman a woman chosen by God created fresh by the hand of God made a bad decision she sinned she partook of the fruit of the tree and gave it to her husband he knew what he was doing she was deceived sin came the sin separated them as we've talked about sin wants to separate you number one it separated them from one another they covered themselves up number two it separated them from God God came looking for them and they hid in the garden uh, from God and then it separated them from the garden of God God put them out of the garden it separated them from the blessings that God had intended that's what sin will do sin wants to separate you from other people that God has in your life sin wants to separate you from God wants to separate you from the blessings of God and ultimately sin separated them from the life of God from eternal life they no longer had any power to pass on eternal life to their children the only thing that they could do was to pass on mortal life this human nature and which our human nature we are born with today is an ungodly nature a nature without God not subject to God this flesh man uh, is an enmity with God this human nature even though man does good yet man without God is just man and so we see that they made this horrible decision and they were separated from everything that God had intended for them. Then we get to chapter 4. And let's begin reading. Reading from the New King James Version this morning. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, 
And she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. One of the first things I think about whenever I read this verse is that life goes on. Isn't that amazing? Life goes on. The sun comes up tomorrow. Without respect to what you did or didn't do, to the mistake you made or didn't make, what happened to you, what somebody else did, whatever the situation was, life goes on. And that's what happened here. And Adam uh, you know, knew his wife. Life goes on. The sun's going to come up. You know, uh, what could they do? What can you do? There's nothing you can do. Even after your last worst mistake, even after your greatest sin, life goes on and so should you. This is one of the lessons that God is teaching us. That even when we disappoint God, even when we disappoint ourselves, even when we fail, even when we make bad and critical mistakes, even when we do something that causes pain or harm to someone else, listen, Life goes on and God expects us to get up and brush ourselves off and to offer our next day to God and to continue with life, participating in life. Verse 2, then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. It's important for us to realize that coming of age as we grow, as our children grow, that they may choose different paths in life. You're different. It's okay. You know, God could have made a cookie-cutter man. He could have said, this is the way Adam is, this is the way Eve is, this is the way Abel's going to be, this is the way Cain's going to be, this is the way everybody's going to be. Cookie-cutter, just like this and nothing else. Everybody's going to want the same thing. Everybody's going to do the same thing. Everybody's going to act the same way, but that's just not the way God wanted it we see Adam and Eve different, and we see Abel and Cain different. And God here is showing us a picture that as, 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 as people began to develop and grow, they develop and grow into their own ideals and ideas and their desires. You may want to be one thing and someone else may want to be something else. Your children don't have to do what you did or be what you were. They may choose to, but some may not. I don't know exactly what Adam did. I know he was told to till the ground and to keep the garden. But after he left the garden, I don't know what Adam and Eve did. But I do know that their two sons chose different paths in life. And that seems to be okay. It's okay to be different in fact I believe God wants us to be different so you might like one thing and someone else might like something else that seems to be okay with God I hope it's okay with you verse 3 and in the process of time we'll talk about that more in just a moment in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord Verse 4, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. We'll hold right there for just a moment. Now these boys had evidently been taught by God through watching their parents and had been shown the importance of bringing offerings to the Lord at a certain time of the year. Each year, they must have watched their parents bring this, this and, and, and dedicate these offerings to the Lord. This phrase, in the process of time. In the Hebrew, in the process of time, it means uh, at the end of days. At the end of the days. 
It could be at the end of seven days, at the end of the week. It could be at the end of the month in this lunar cycle. It could be, you know, at the end of a year. It could be at the end of a season. We don't know exactly what he's pointing at here, but we can imagine it's talking about a year. At the end of this year, in the process of time, in the time whenever something special is, 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 is destined to happen, most likely is talking about at the end of harvest time, at the time of the harvest, at the time whenever the fruit is to be counted, at the time whenever the, the, the sheep have had their foals in the spring, their, 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 their lambs in the spring, and, 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 and the calves and the cows have had their calves in the spring and they're about six months old now and they're at the point about ready to be weaned and and so counting your blessings and that's what they were doing they would count their blessings in a certain season of the year and specifically referring to the season in which the crops have been harvested and the time which the lambs and, 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 and the calves are ready to be weaned. At the end of the natural time, at this time of autumn, is a time whenever historically and biblically later on, people would be encouraged to bring their offerings to the Lord. At the end of this natural time. Present your offerings to the Lord for His goodness. This is the same time of year, by the way, that, uh, that the rabbis teach uh, that, that, uh, that Adam and Eve were created in this particular time that God has chosen for His new year. Uh, we know it as Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. We, we, we know it also as, as, as you know, the ten days of awe and Yom Kippur and the Feast of Tabernacles. In this special season of the year, this time whenever the harvest has come, it was also the time that Solomon dedicated the temple. It is also the time that the Jewish rabbis teach that Messiah will come. And indeed, it was the time of the birth of Messiah in that autumn season of the year, in that time that we count our blessings and make our offerings to God. It's not only the end of days, but immediately following is the new beginning of a next season to come. So one of the things I love about God is, is he had told Noah that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and winter and summer and, and day and night shall not cease from off the earth. How interesting that one season follows another. That when one thing is completed, we enter into a new season. We enter into a next season, to another season, because life goes on. And just because we have come to the end of one thing does not mean that everything is over, but rather there's a new thing. I remember I was making some television programs some years ago, and one of the documentaries I was making was, uh, was a Waltz Across Texas documentary. And, and uh, uh, I, I, I got to Fort Worth. Uh, it, it was a part of some television program I, I was making. And uh, when I got to Fort Worth, I went to the stockyards. And having read all of the animals that had been sold at the Fort Worth stockyards, I'm talking maybe in the line, if I can remember for that, that many years back, maybe in the line of 123,000, 119,000, 123,000 mules just in 1918 were sold through that auction. Wow, 1917. Headed for Europe, by the way, in support of the war. But uh, all of the things that happened, and yet it's closed. They don't have auctions there anymore. And the principle that I was teaching is just because it's over doesn't mean it wasn't any good. Just because you're finished doesn't mean it wasn't good. 
It's like taking your family to Disney World. And you spend all day at Disney World and, and, and the children are having such a fun time and, and you get to the end of the day, you've been there 12 hours and you get to the end of the day and you say, okay, it's time to go and all of a sudden children pitch a fit like they didn't have a good time and, and they turn the day upside down and it, and, 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 and it just is a horrible time. You end up arguing and you think, my goodness, I don't even want to bring you anymore. That's the way you're going to act. I mean, you had a good time, but they forget the roller coaster and they forget, you know, all of the uh, cotton candy and they forget all the stuff. Why? Because it's... But, because it's over well listen just because it's over doesn't mean it wasn't any good it was a good ride you got to remember the ride you got to remember and that's what God wants us to do as we come to the seasons of life when we're coming through one season the, the harvest season you get to the harvest season you count your blessings you look at all that God has done and you're thankful for it realizing that this one is over and a new one begins God will not leave us without new seasons in life. And just because one thing is over does not mean it was not any good. The Bible says that, that Cain and Abel, they took different approaches to counting their blessings, different approaches to bringing their offerings to the Lord. The Bible says that at the end of the season... Cain brought an offering of fruit, just some fruit from the ground. But Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat. Verse 4 continues, And the Lord respected Abel in his offering, but he did not respect Cain in his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Wow. Why? Well, because Abel brought the firstborn. You know, you know what this means? This means that that, that sometime back, some long time ago, perhaps months ago, whenever that little lamb or that calf, whatever it may have been in Abel's situation, whenever that little lamb, we'll call it, hit the ground, Abel was watching on purpose. He was waiting. He no doubt was hoping. No doubt he was thinking about what he would do with the firstborn from this sheep. How he would remember it, which one it was, and watch it as it's growing up. Because no doubt there were a lot of sheep growing up together. But he kept his eye on that firstborn. Why? Because in his heart he had dedicated it to God. It was important to him, and so it was important to God. If it's not important to you, it won't be important to God. If it doesn't mean something to you, it won't mean anything to God. And don't expect it to mean anything to anybody. This is what I tell young preachers, listen, stick with what burns in you. There's something that lights you up. And, 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 and if it does not burn in you, it will not burn in anyone that hears you. There is a difference between telling and teaching. There is a difference between listening and learning. You know what the difference between listening and learning is? When you can repeat what you have heard, you have learned. Before that, you've just listened. There's a difference between teaching and telling. I only know that I have taught you something when you can repeat what I say. Uh, outside of that, I'm just telling. I can tell you things all day long. In fact, I can tell you things way past lunchtime. Okay? I got plenty to tell. But God is hoping we would teach that you would actually leave here being able to repeat something that you listened to and learned instead of just listened to. Something that I taught instead of just told. Here Abel was paying attention to this calf, to this little lamb. 
and he watched it grow because he had no doubt watched his mom and dad bring their offerings and understood how important it was to God. And he knew if it's not important to me, if it doesn't burn in me, if it doesn't cost me, if it means nothing to me, it won't mean anything to God. And yet Cain just brought some harvest, nothing special to God. It wasn't special to Cain, so it wasn't special to God. God did not respect what Cain brought because Cain did not respect it. I don't know whether he brought rotten fruit or the leftovers or the small ones that he didn't want to eat or, you know, whatever. I have no idea, but I do know that it seems a little bit like Cain was a little grumpy. If you read the rest and everything we know about Cain, it seems like he was a little complaintive. It seems like perhaps he was a little self-centered and maybe life was more about him. And perhaps he was not paying any attention. You know, you know how it is? I, I, I can tell you, you know, Gary, Gary watches his crops. Because, you know, every year Gary will bring me a tomato, you know, or, or, or you know, whatever it is. And why? But I know he's out there going, look, there's a bloom on that. Watch that. That's a bloom. That, 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 that's the first one. What, what do you think? Does your dad do that? Have you seen him do that? Well, you ought to follow him. It means something to him. And why don't you bring me some tomatoes? because you don't grow tomatoes, I bet. <laughs> but uh, I know Gary, he's out there watching it. It's important to him. And you know, every time he gives me one, do you know it's important to me? Do you know, I, I, I tell you, you know, the, the, the squash, you know, the, the, the you know, uh, cucumbers. Uh, where's Keith? Keith grows me peppers every year, and he tries to set me on fire. He's still trying to grow peppers. As cold as it is, he's trying to get me some habaneros right now because he loves to see me sweat. And do you know why I eat them? One re- well, because I like them. But we know <laughs> why I eat them because they're important to Keith. They're important to me. Amen. Listen, don't bring God something that's not important to you. Your time, your talent, your treasury. Keep it. Just keep it. You're going to need it probably. Just keep it. You know, it's, it's not about the gifts. It's not about the lamb. It's not about the fruit. It's not about the money. It's, not, it, it's, it's about the heart. It's about the heart. And, 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 and the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. I have a feeling that, that, that uh, 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 Cain was not cheerful. I have a feeling he was a little bit, you know, uh, uh, like the Bible says in, in, in Corinthians. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. I don't think he had purposed in his heart. I, I don't think he had watched. I don't think he was paying attention. And there was no real purpose in he, And he wasn't real cheerful about it. He may have felt compelled to do it because daddy says I have to do it. Because, you know, uh, Daddy said this is what God requires. You know, maybe, maybe it's that he didn't see God working beside him. Maybe because he didn't see God out in the field. Maybe he was out there, you know, because there were a lot of thorns supposed to be coming up because, you know, the ground had been cursed. And maybe he was out there, you know, raking and, and, and trying to make those rows and everything. And he's looking around and God is nowhere. And maybe he gets stuck by a thistle. And maybe he's aggravated. And, and maybe things have happened to him. And, and by the time the fruit comes up, you know, maybe he's looked around and God, God ain't nowhere. 
can't see him. You weren't out here helping me. It's the same story that Jesus told in in the parable of Matthew chapter 21 about a, a, a guy who owned a vineyard and he let it out to vine dressers and he went away and then he he sent back wanting a, a little you know his share of the crop and they said you don't have a share you weren't here you weren't working that's how some people feel about God he wasn't with me on the job he wasn't working he wasn't with me in that where was he I worked hard I got stuck a few times and you know and I was sweating and and you know what and and he wants some of that. oh this is good preaching yeah I'm preaching better than you're saying amen by the way well, y'all get, you get the idea, you know. I could preach it louder, but uh, I don't know that it'd teach anymore. But there's a principle here. You know, the, the simple principle is, is that, you know, uh, Cain may not have seen God, and he might have said, well, where were you? And, you know, uh, you know, but where did he get the dirt? Where did he get the seed? Where did he get the rain? Where did he get the strength to grow those crops? You know, um, well, he was mad. Cain was mad. Verse 6, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Why, Why are you so sad? Why, you know, it's hard to be happy when you're not pleasing God. Okay? It's hard to be happy when you're not pleasing God. It's hard to be happy when you're stingy. It's hard to be happy whenever you don't think anybody else deserves anything that you have, that you work for, whenever you realize, uh, whenever you imagine that, that, that you're not blessed to be a blessing. It's hard to be happy. Verse 7 is one of the greatest uh, um, uh, truths and I'm so glad put it, God put it early on in, in, in Genesis. If you do well, will you not be accepted? <laughs> that's, that's just the key to life. If you please God, it's going to be okay. You know, that might not make the work any less <laughs> strenuous, but you will be accepted. You'll be respected. You'll be, if you do well, and if you do not do well, sin lies at your door. And, and, and sin just wants to rule your life. That's all it is. Doing something, you know, not pleasing God, its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Really, you should be the one, you know, ruling over sin instead of sin ruling over you. Well, uh, let me cut to the chase uh, right here. And as we're closing, let me give you uh, three of my takeaways today from this passage. Number one, there comes a time when every person is responsible to God for their actions. We see Cain and Abel growing up and becoming responsible for their own actions. There's a time in your life when you grow up and you become responsible for what you're going to do. Most likely, that time is already upon you. Okay? It's no longer your parents' problem. It's no longer somebody else's problem. You are responsible for your actions. It's you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with what God has blessed you with? Number two, doing well is a personal decision completely within our reach. No one here is 
unable to do right. There's always something you can do to please God. There's always, it's always within your reach. No matter where you are, what you have done, what you have come from, what's happened to you, it's always within your reach. You can make a decision to please God. Doing well is a personal decision. And number three, sin knows no boundaries. It will take as much ground as you will give it. Please don't give any ground to sin. We can see that in the life of Cain. He just had a little departure here, it seems, from, from God's will and God's word and God's way. And then we see in the next verse, Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. No doubt it was that same old, grumpy, self-centered nature that he had not dealt with. It was a heart problem, a heart issue. And sin will take as much ground as you will give it, all the way up to seeing it began with something so small and it ended up with something so horrendous. We are in this season between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's the season of counting our blessings, of being thankful from the heart, of paying attention, and on purpose to be a blessing. We're moving into this Christmas season of giving. I want to encourage you today to be thankful from your heart and to make sure that you don't forget this year to please God and to be cheerful in all that you do for Him. How can you please God this year? Number one, by giving Him your heart. First, you must be born again. If you are not born again this morning, then that is the very first thing you must do to please God, is to give Him your heart. Today, whether you're here on campus, watching in our communities, or perhaps you're in India, Israel, Kenya, you know, Indonesia, Russia, you know, almost each week when I get in my vehicle and pull my phone out, I have texts from Russia. I have texts from Kenya. I have texts and notifications from other places in our community and around the world of people that are watching and making decisions. This Word of God is for you. Okay? You can make a decision. Be cheerful in your giving. But God wants your heart. And remember, if it does not mean anything to you, it probably won't mean anything to God. Okay? I'm not saying that God wants you to give more. That's not the point. God doesn't giving till it hurts. That's not the point. No. It's giving from your heart. Whether it's your time, your talent, your attention. On purpose, paying attention to the blessings of God. And then treating them as though they came from God. Number one, are you saved? If not, right now ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. And He will save your soul. He will come into your heart and your life. And then you stick with Him. And He'll walk with you through every pressure, every problem. And don't forget, He has blessed you to make you a blessing. Once you become His, honor the Lord with your substance. That's what Proverbs 3 says. Honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruit of all your increase. There's a promise attached to it. Your barns will be filled with plenty. Your presses will burst forth with new wine. God wants to bless you. But He blesses you to make you a blessing. And every night 
when you go to bed. If you have a stomach full, you are a blessed person. Amen. You are blessed. Thank God for your blessings. Count your blessings. And you can let your new life begin right now. Amen. It begins in your heart. God bless. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.